Welcome to the Ether. Today is Tuesday, September 20th, 2022. Today on the Ether, Cosmos Spaces, NFT Share and Chill, hosted by Lil Gaines. Let's take a listen. Yes, yes, you create a lot of relationships too. And yeah, I'm, I'm super happy that, um, you know, the team is going down there with, from Cosmos Spaces um, so we can just help each other out when we're feeling like, dude, overwhelmed. We can, we can be there to you know, to raise up our spirits a little bit. Ain't that right, Joran? <laughs> I see Joran's in here. <sighs> All right. Well, we got a little, we got a little uh, group here. So I think, uh, I think we can get started, guys. And then, you know, we'll, we'll get more people in here in a minute. But we're just barely spreading the word. People are helping us out right now. Yeah, I think, um, I mean, there's going to be a recording of this anyway, right? Yes. Yes. There's definitely going to be recording. So, but hey, how do you pronounce your project's name? Is it Kelepar or is it Kelpar? Is it E silent? How do you pronounce it? No, that's your first is good. Kelepar. That's Kelepar. how we say it. Ourselves. Yeah. You know, the, the name is uh, a bit weird, I guess. <laughs> but um, yeah, it's a nerdy story how we came up with it. <laughs> Yeah, well, you want to you want to kind of touch on that and how you guys came up with the name? That's that's a pretty cool little story. I think right? I would love to hear it. I would love to hear it too. All right, so um, we are uh, Lord of the Rings nerds, <laughs> and um, my co-founder he's not here sadly today because he's also in Europe and it's super late there. Um, but he was or. Uh, uh, he was a Elrond Maxi, you know, so not even into Cosmos uh, when we started the project. So first, um, it took me some some um, time to convince him that Cosmos is much better to launch on. Um, and he got into Cosmos now too and is super bullish on Atom and Cosmos, so that's cool. But um, first, yeah, we were uh, sticking to that Lord of the Rings uh, theme that they have at, on Elrond. We were like, wow, we can't make it. We can't make it too obvious, right? Um, and so, Kalipar is a city in the Eastlands. Um, it's super unknown. Um, yeah, so that's basically we were like, yeah, that's kind of cool. The the nerds might get it if they're like deep enough into it, and if not, it, it doesn't matter. So that's the story behind it. Um, yeah. Now we have this kind of name that no one recognizes. <laughs> <laughs> That's interesting. That's an interesting story there, man. Kelepar. Okay. So who's the who's the person behind Kelepar? You don't have to dox yourself, but you can just just give us a little background on on what you're doing with the project. Oh, we're actually fully doxed. Like, um, if you go to our website and you scroll all the way down, 
you'll find the, our um, company number. We're registered in Switzerland. And if you type that into the company registry of Switzerland, you'll figure out who we are, where the address of our company is. So we're fully doxed anyway. Um, me right now speaking, um, my Twitter account is Lucasinho. You might know me, um, maybe. And um, my full name's Lucas. Um, I'll be a speaker at the Cosmoverse, or not a speaker. I'm on the gaming panel, so you'll also find me there. So we're very public. Um, I think it's uh, it's much better like that to instill trust and um, we we believe in what you're building. Uh, we are not trying to scam anyone. We're trying to create an amazing product, so there is nothing to hide from our side. So I have no problem having my full name out there, my my face and my my address isn't out there, but the rest is publicly known. Cool. Thanks. Thanks. I didn't want to put you in that position, you know, like, hey, you know, just to tell you exactly who you are. But um, yeah. So how did you how did you get involved with this uh, with this project? Um, so, I mean, I founded it. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, my like, dad, my, the, sorry, it's how I how I founded it. Right. Um, yes. So basically, um, I got involved actively in the Cosmos ecosystem because the Cosmoverse team are some of my best friends. Um, we're living together in Lisbon, or we're living at the time that the first Cosmoverse happened. And I started helping them out with the organization of the, the conference. And that's then how I got like to meet everyone in the space in person for the first time. And up to there, I was just trading, you know, buying, selling crypto. And um, when I saw everyone, what they're building and the visions they have, I was like, man, this is so inspiring. I kind of want to do something like that. But I had no idea what. I just felt like, but just buying and selling coins to make money for myself, it's super um, egoistic. It doesn't really help the world or anyone to move forward. So is that really what I want to do with my life? No, not really. So I need to find a way to get more involved in this space and uh, do something that benefits people. Um, and well, I happened to be deep into gaming uh, when I was a kid. Um, I played semi-professionally, I would say. So I played for money, like in tournaments and stuff, about more than 10 years ago. So in the very early days of eSports, um, but never quite made it to a level where I was fully professional. But so I come from a background where I'm deep into, or used to be deep into the gaming community. And um, that's basically then how I got frustrated with where crypto gaming is going, like with the whole NFT um, revolution that we had that came into gaming. I was like, this has so much potential to make gaming better, but all those projects that are out there, they're just, doing it to basically as cash grabs, you know, it's like ponzi's that get people in um, and so they can make a quick buck. But it's not really used in any space that um, any players or any gamers would be excited about it. And I was like, I want to change this, you know, like this is kind of what I understand. I understand crypto, I understand gaming, I understand the gaming communities. So let's try and create something that um, excites them and gets them into crypto and gets to show them how with the NFT technology we can make um, what they love even better and even more fun. Um, and 
so I got this vision how it should look like, how it should be done um, rightly, but I can't code. And that's where my co-founder comes in. Like, on, on, like, I know him, he's a friend of mine since, since we were kids, so since forever, right? And he just quit his job end of last year without knowing what to do. Like, he's a software engineer and he was like, I, I, I'm tired of Web2 and tired of those companies and stuff. I want to have my own Web3 project. I just built something, but I don't know what. Like, he had no idea to quit his job and was like, yeah, I'll figure it out and start building some stuff. And that happened literally at the same time that I had this vision for the game. So I guess that was um, a very nice coincidence. Uh, so I called him and be like, hey, let's do this together. And he was like, yeah, sounds like an amazing plan. Let's do it. And uh, yeah, that's how we started out. Have you ever heard of the blockchain engine? Yes. What are your thoughts on how they, correct me if I'm wrong, but from my knowledge, I believe Engine was the first real blockchain gaming platform uh, in crypto. And uh, I remember following a, almost a dozen projects and the metaverse that they were talking about and building at the time. And I collected all sorts of NFTs uh, from raffles and telegram groups and giveaways, whatnot. But uh, it's interesting, your point of view that you just went over, because I do feel that a lot of people that get into the blockchain gaming, it's more of a cash grab because I, I'm confident I wouldn't even have to look into it. I bet. Nine out of those 12 projects still don't have anything that their users can actually interact with or use their, like actually play the game. You know what I mean? It's always just stays in proof of concept and never becomes something that they sold to uh, their audience or community from the get-go, you know? Yeah, unfortunately, that's, um, <laughs> that's the truth. Um, and even the ones that finish the games, you know, they um, just couldn't get to a level where this is really sustainable and where gamers would be like, this is a great thing to, to do or to, to buy and uh, start playing those games. Um, um, therefore, like the crypto has a super bad reputation at this point among gamers. And I think yeah, it's not only because of the pro all the projects that they did launch, I think the majority of them never finished their game. Um, and the ones that did, like Axie and stuff, they they kind of lost a lot of people, a lot of money when we look at it now. And, well, that's kind of unfortunate, I would say. Yeah, I'm, uh, and I'm not taking a knock at their project at all. I'm a huge fan. I invested in the Town 1 and Town 2 NFTs, but I feel like ever since the first mint last year from Strange, I believe it was Strange Clan, but um, I ended up investing in their NFTs because of what I thought the game could be and would be. And it's been almost a year and there's no uh, beta mo like to test the game out at all of any function or it, it, like, I hope they don't disappoint me, I guess is where I'm getting at with that because uh, yeah, it's, it's, I feel like Cosmos is the most efficient blockchain to build in terms of the gaming experience but so far i feel like the first player move uh, to really dominate or take that position over hasn't happened yet so uh i'm curious to know more about your project and 
I love the gaming aspect. A lot of NFT projects are much, much different. Uh, and it's less often that you see people building actual games for people to play. So I'm definitely uh, a fan of what you guys are doing. I think it's um, uh, funny that you mentioned Strange Farm because I was just today talking about it with my co-founder and we actually have quite big changes to our um, NFT collection and models that we will uh, then give up for a mint because of what happened with them. Um, so that's kind of funny now, but uh, with what you're saying is that they are not finished yet. The project that they want to build, the game that they want to build, something like that just um, takes, takes a very, very long time. And I think a lot of projects uh, or project founders, they underestimate that how much work it actually is to build such a game. And then they um, sell their NFTs way before they even start developing to get their first capital in. So then it takes a couple of years until finally the game is playable. And we are already working on this game for nine months now. And we're not close to releasing it, but we haven't sold anything for exactly that reason because we've always felt like, well, if we sell it way too early, then um, people are just going to be impatient or like disappointed that it takes so long. And they took the other way, route. They had a website and nothing else, and then they sold their NFTs and started working on it. And what they're building also is even more work than what we are building. So um, it's very well possible that there is another two years until the game is playable that they're building on. And that's not their fault. That's just the way um, how game development works. I mean, if you look at the major gaming labels, uh, it also takes them forever. GTA 6 is, I don't know how long they've been working on this, for a couple of years already, and they just announced it now. So. Yeah, this is just it takes time, you know. Yeah, for sure. I've I've definitely have noticed the drop off. I know their town one characters they sold out that mint, but the town two, I, I don't even think it's at fifty percent yet. But obviously the effects of the bear market have uh its toll on that as well as uh the mint for the town two characters was a bit high uh for a bear market, so I'm not too surprised, but I, I, uh, I'm going to hold and wish the, that they follow through with what uh, they set out to do. And I'm excited to see like the other blockchain games on Cosmos being developed because I'm not aware of many others. So I'm glad uh, I got to learn about your project tonight. Hey, um, if you guys don't mind, uh, Cosmos DeFi is up here. And I believe he had an interview with uh, the Telepar team. So I'll, uh, I'll give him the mic. Hey, how's it? Hey, um, <laughs> how are you, man? I can't hear Joe. Oh, it's I can't Joe. hear Joe either. His voice cut out for me as soon as he said, "Hey, how are you?" Oh no! Yeah. How is it? How is it now? Is it okay? Yep, that's better. Okay, okay. Um, yeah, I actually have a question for Lucas, um, and actually, kind of is like a follow up with uh what marty was was inquiring about in terms of how long it takes to actually build games i'm curious to know because I, I mean i'm not a gamer i played online poker and that's it so i'm curious to know if you think there will be a certain type of game that that we see you know in the next year that can be developed fast and then another type of game that might be coming two years from now and then like 
a realistic time frame for these metaverse type games, which I'm guessing minimum three to four years is what I would guess. But you know, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking like, we'll see like some card games maybe, and then we'll start seeing some other types of games way before metaverse. And I was wondering what you think about, about that. Yeah, I think that's about right. Card games is the, is the kind of game that you can develop quite quickly. Also, there is a lot of kits, so you can almost plug and play them. Um, that's also why we are building on a card game engine, even though we are technically not a card game. Um, but it's just the easiest to get started. And then I think other games that are quite quickly to be done would be, I mean, it always depends on the graphic detail levels, right? You can get a first-person shooter quite quickly, but if you want to have Call of Duty kind of graphic levels, it's going to be much more work again. And the same goes for racing games. Um, and then I think the last ones that we'll see, as you said, is the metaverse and the full RPG type games. So let's say World of Warcraft, but with modern graphic and crypto integration. Or like just the whole open world games, you know, like GTA is, all, is another example because it just takes so long to develop like everything that's going on in, in that world and that you can interact with. So I think those are the last ones that come to RPG, the open world, um, because they have just much, much more square kilometers of map that you have to build and everything has to be alive. And so that takes a long time. Got it. Okay, no, I appreciate it. I'm just curious because I would like to play some games, especially if, um, especially if NFTs are involved, just to see how that, how that's going to play out. I know that when we talked, you know, you were talking about how um, the game has to be fun, and then you can kind of worry about the NFTs integration after the fact. So, you know, I'm just curious what your thoughts were on timelines for these different games. Yeah, definitely. I guess that's about it. Can you can you kind of like walk us through? Um what a player can expect while they're playing this game? All right, yeah, sure. So um, what we are building is a turn-based strategy RPG. So sounds super complicated. Uh, let's unpack it. Turn-based, um, or let's start with RPG. RPG is a role-playing game. Um, in our case, you will not have only one character like you have in many um, RPGs, but you will have a party of characters. So you can kind of compare that to maybe Final Fantasy where you control four or five characters at the same time. Then also the battle system, I think Final Fantasy is a good analogy because you have your party of a couple of heroes and each of them has a different set of abilities and you have your opponent. And what you're doing is you pick your hero, you pick the ability that you want to do with it and then you pick the target with it. And you do that for all of your heroes and then your opponent is doing the same and then the turn runs down. Um, and the, the whole thing then will be very strategic because you'll have to choose which ability they are like sorted by different speeds and the quickest abilities will hit first so but obviously the slower abilities might be a little bit more powerful so you have to think a lot like how the, the speeds interact how the heroes like their different attributes interact with each other make your plan and then well, execute it and see what your opponent is doing and adjust to it. Um, so that's basically how you're going to play it. Then the difference is, and we have been talking a little bit about it, if you think about it like Final Fantasy again, it's 3D, right? And there's a lot of animations, the character moves. 
And that just um, is very hard and takes a lot of time to program, at least that it looks good, uh, not just outdated 90s kind of game style, you know. Um, and we didn't want that because we're like a small startup. We don't have the capacity like Rockstar Games has that does GTA. So we were like, what can we do very, very well with the capacities that we have? And using a card game engine allowed us to basically cut out the whole animation stuff and focus on great artworks because we have super talented artists in the team that draw all the cards, that draw all the artworks. So we can get that done very well and focus on this by using the card game engine. And then in the story mode, we kind of keep going with that. So we're not going to have this crazy CGI movies that you see in the AAA games, because again, we don't have the capacity to do any of that. But what we're going to have is a story that's based on beautiful artworks. So our artists will hand draw different Im images that tell the story, and then you have text. So it's going to be more like a picture book that um, tells you the whole story that you're experiencing. And then we have to focus a lot more on the storytelling itself, focusing on um, creating a deep and captivating and emotional story around it. Because in my opinion, you don't need crazy um, graphics and crazy animations and stuff. If you think about it, we, many of us love reading books and there you don't see anything. Everything happens in your imagination um, just because the story is great. And that's, again, something that we can do. We can write great stories. We can write touching stories. And we can support them with some beautiful artworks so that um, people can imagine the rest themselves and just enjoy what they're seeing. And yeah, that's kind of um, how we're building this whole thing up, um, how we can make a product that is in maybe a little bit more niche in what it's doing than the whole mainstream game. But in that niche, what we are doing is, in my opinion, very, very high quality. And I think that's a more successful strategy than doing a subpar um, product that tries to speak to any, everyone because it's kind of going into the mainstream um, route. Joe, you uh, got another question or something to add? Yeah, no, he, he brought up something that I was thinking about as well, how, um, you know, not everyone needs these crazy 3D animations and these gigantic, you know, metaverse type worlds that obviously, they, like we said before, they, they take probably forever to build and then there'll have to be many iterations to get it right, I would imagine. I was wondering if, um, Lucas, if you think that some of these companies you know, started, let's say, minting an NFT collection, claiming that it's going to be a metaverse play, if they either bit off more than they could chew, or if you think they knew from the beginning, it was a long shot for them to even complete their, their, their roadmap of sorts. Well, that's kind of a tough question because I don't want to <laughs> put uh, or make wrong allegations against anyone, but I think both. There were probably some projects that, knew from the very get-go that it will be very hard to reach what they promised, but they just figure out that if they over-promise and show a couple nice trailers and a couple nice stuff, they might make a lot of money. And then are probably other projects that had very good intentions and just were like, you know how imagine it would be if we had GTA, but based on a blockchain and you know the apartments and everything that we have in there is NFTs that we can trade. You know, that would be super cool. Let's build that. Um, 
and maybe being a little bit naive with um, how hard it is to build something like that. So I think there is both. Some teams are probably more malicious and some teams are probably just a little bit naive. Yeah, I, th- I think maybe like the second one is more likely because they start these projects. It seems like they start with very small teams and then you see so many of them popping up that even if they complete what they wanted to, there would be so much competition and the communities would probably be split almost evenly to all these different, you know, beta versions, let's say of these metaverses, or they would all flock to just the first one. And then it would be very hard to crack into the market. I'm, I'm just curious because I don't see, I thought that, you know, during the bear market, I would see more NFT projects that are actually building something. I thought I would see more of the merge collaborate and, you know, maybe trim some of the fat off of their projects. I, I just haven't seen that yet. I was just curious what you thought about the, uh, you know, these kind of like high hope metaverse promises. Well, I think the one that promised it uh, without the intention to ever delivering the, what they promised, they probably just left the space. So they're quiet now. And um, well, the rest is still building, but maybe um, there is not as much noise around it anymore because the hype kind of died off. Yeah, I agree. I, I see communities kind of losing interest and the NFT community is not very patient to begin with. So well, th- exactly. th- yeah, <laughs> th- thank you for the, uh, you know, the NFT, the NFT um, community, like on average is probably kind of like just chasing shiny object every week. They want a new mint, a new mint, a new mint. And I, I kind of hope that, you know, there's like a big shakeout and the projects that manage to keep, keep going through this bear market. I hope that on the other side of the bear market, newcomers into the space, you know, hear stories of all these people that got wrecked trying to flip NFTs are more attracted to the older projects that are built up a little bit, maybe have some business sense because they were able to navigate a bear market or never promised anything that they couldn't deliver, which would be great because I think minting is super risky, right? It's definitely risky. It's risky for the, for the teams and for the the minters because the teams might be relying on a complete mint out to even get to like phase one of their roadmap. Other people might just be so hyped up to mint they're over minting and then the, they might never be able to sell. So, but yeah, this is, this is all interesting talk, by the way, I appreciate uh, um, Lucas sharing his insight. Cause I have no idea what it's like to on the gaming side of things. I'd like to ask Lucas another question. Like what do you think has to be on chain versus what should just be, you know, not on chain when you're building a game like this what's important to have things on chain that's an interesting question um personally uh, i think and that's how we're building the game is trying to have as much off chain as possible um, because especially with the current infrastructure that we have with the wallets and stuff whenever you have to sign a transaction you kind of have to leave the game and even more so if you're on mobile in cosmos like we have no no mobile wallet that works in any shape or form because Kepler just sucks. Um, so you want to have as much off-chain as possible to get the user experience as good as possible and don't bother your players with having to sign um, yeah, countless transactions whenever, you know, like you could do it that whenever you win a game, you get rewarded in a crypto token. That means after every game, you have to go and sign a transaction. And that's not very user-friendly. So the way we're doing it is there's going to be a two-token model. You can have an off-chain token. And that token just uh, reflects your stake in the play-to-earn reward pool. 
And then when you try, when you decide that now I want to have the on-chain token, you basically burn your off-chain token. The, so, uh, the smart contract um, calculates how big your stake was in the um, whole token pool, and then you get the same amount of stake of what's currently in the play to earn rewards pool, and you can just and basically go on chain. So you can do just one transaction when you're done playing, or you can even do one transaction a week if you want to save the off-chain token up and then just swap it once. Um, the same goes with the NFTs, right? Our NFTs are characters, so they can be leveled up, they can learn new uh, traits, uh, new abilities. Um, and whenever you have that, whenever you level it up and you would want to change the metadata of the NFT, that would require a transaction, uh, which is then again, not very user-friendly. So the way we're doing it is that basically your NFT has an ID and the ID is saved within the game database. And then only off-chain is all the data saved, but which level does your hero have? Which abilities did you improve on? And the marketplace that we're building will then um, have a query to search those um, in, this information out of the games database and displayed as well in the marketplace. So even though it's not technically in the metadata, it will be displayed on, at least if you use our own marketplace, it will be still displayed. So yeah, this is kind of the way we are building it for terms of user experience, at least where the tech is right now, where it's really not user-friendly for anyone who's not a crypto, um, yeah, I was not into crypto for a long time already. Um, this is kind of how you should build it, in our opinion, because just keeping as much off-chain makes it easier for the users. And if you want to get the gamers on board that are not native in crypto, then, well, you should make it as close to Web2 gaming as it is in terms of the appearance. That's a, that's a great answer, because the way I look at it, um, you want to build a game that will attract, you know, people from every every direction, but also adding a little a little touch of, you know, crypto into it. You don't want to just make it all crypto. Imagine like imagine playing, right, this game. And if it was all about crypto, you would be like signing a Kepler transaction every time that you beat an opponent or something happens in the game. That would get that would get super annoying for me. I would like to almost like just be able to confirm one transaction as I get going in the game. And then at the end of some sort of mission, you know, to claim whatever reward I get, maybe another transaction, right? So there's got to be a balance. There definitely has to be a nice little balance. Is there a way to, sorry to jump in, but I was just curious, like instead of a transaction for any particular event that occurs, you know how back when there was Nintendo 64 or even before that Nintendo, like to save the game, maybe you could just sign a transaction to save your progress and what occurred during that session even. I don't know. That's just a random idea. But oh, no. I, I played a game that was exactly what you're describing. It was a demo. And there were different checkpoints in the game. And that was on chain. So the next time you logged into the game, well, you're, you're just logging in with your wallet, right? You connect your wallet to the site. It picks up your NFTs because they're playable, but nothing's on chain until you save. I think they were going to add some kind of in-game economy where you're buying and selling, um, you know, buying and selling in-game items. And I think that was going to be on chain, but what you described 
um, is exactly the demo that I played a few months back. And it was basically like a Legend of Zelda where when you got to different checkpoints, you would, you know, have an on-chain transaction and it would save like all the money you had, all your items and where you were on the map. Yeah, that's definitely also a way how you can do it. I think in the end, um, you just have to think about what do I really need or well, what do I want to use the blockchain for, right? Um, where is the benefit of using the blockchain compared to what Web2 Gaming has? And I think that's where we in blockchain gaming have gotten it so wrong um, because it was just like, yeah, you can use that NFT that's then basically your ticket to play the game and then you can earn that token that has a real world value or a monetary value and you can sell that and that's how you can make money. The problem is you need a buyer for that token and the use case for that token was just to buy new characters, to buy new entries into the game. And that works fine as long as new people want to enter the game. But as, as soon as you have no new players, you have no buyers, the token price crashes and the whole house of cards crumbles, right? So that's how we have seen it today. And then you needed to have everything on-chain because you need that gaming token. But in, in our model, like we are aiming much more to have a player-to-player economy so that within the game, players can do something and that might be a service or another player that doesn't want to spend the time on that. And then that player pays the player that spent the time, and you do that by having a transaction of the NFT on the marketplace. Um, so then basically only the marketplace transactions have to be on-chain. And as I said, we still have a token involved that you can earn. Um, and that one, we do it the way you said it, that it will be at the end of your session. Um, and then you have just one transaction in the end if you want to do that. And you don't even need to. Like You can save the off-chain token for a week, for a, for a month, however long you want. And then when you're like, now I want to cash it out, I like the token price of the on-chain token right now, I want to cash out them. You make a transaction and then go immediately over to a DEX and swap it into another coin, whatever you want to have. Um, and maybe that's a good place to, to get into how we can um, actually enable that player-to-player economy. Um, and I want to explain that with an example of World of Warcraft, right? In World of Warcraft, you had different types of players. You had the people that liked grinding and just leveled character up after characters and then got all the equipment for those characters. But they were never really interested in the raids and the whole PvP aspect of the, the game, like the, the whole end game content. And then you had other people that loved the end game content, but they really didn't enjoy the grinding. And our idea basically is that, well, we can facilitate an economy where the players that love grinding, they love spending the time on leveling up their characters, um, on, or maybe even they could be like build, um, creating armor. So they had to mine the metals and then go to the smith and create the armor and then sell that, right? All that stuff. This time that you invest, you create a product, be the character, be the armor, be the weapon, and then you can sell that to a player that doesn't want to invest the time but needs the item for the PvP aspect of playing. And that's where blockchains suddenly become very interesting, um, their NFTs become suddenly very interesting because now you can give this a real value, not only a database entry that you can then trade for gold within the game. That in the end, doesn't have a real value itself as well, right? So suddenly, this whole economy becomes um, valuable, and the players that actually 
want to spend the time to earn some money off the bid, they can do that. Whereas for the players that don't want to spend the time, for them, nothing changes because even the way the gaming industry is set up right now, if you don't want to spend the time, you just buy um, items that boost your progress directly off of the company. So they, for them, nothing changes. You still spend time, uh, spend money to save time. Um, but for the other players that like to spending the time for them, something changes and we can add some value. So it's really something that only someone wins and for the other one, it's, it's equal. So there is no loser in this. Um, and that's, I think, where we can bring a lot of value by the use of blockchain. And if you implement it like that, you don't need to have too many blockchain implementation. You can keep the game pretty much most of the game off chain. You're bringing me back a lot of childhood memories <laughs> playing World of Warcraft uh, before it became like the third person. Uh, I remember when you, yeah, how far that game has come. Also, Final Fantasy. I used to play that a long time ago too. So I'm feeling some nostalgic vibes here tonight. I love it. Uh, I was just curious for the characters in the game. Uh, I know you were talking about how. Uh, or there is the ability to level up, are they going to have skill trees similar to like a character in Diablo or would it be more just basic uh, every time you level up the, you know, standard health or armor, speed, power uh, just is put up one notch every level or do you actually have the ability to customize throughout a skill tree different spells or powers or attacks or defenses, etc.? So if you have the hero maxed out, you you can have everything on max power, every spell and um, every like stat. You basically have life points at that point. Plus you have a couple of different abilities. Um, but how you get there is different. So whenever you level up one level, you can choose to e you can choose to either improve the stat line or improve one of the abilities. Um, so. It's more a little bit of a question like, what do you like more? What do you want to skill first? But eventually, as you get to max level, it doesn't matter anymore. You can jump in, Joe, if you'd like. Yeah, I've, um, I've just got one more question that unfortunately I have to start working. Um, but I, I, I still have a question about, um, you know, for all the games, how they will be kind of making, how the, you know, the creators of the game, how they'll be making money you know, beyond just maybe, let's say, selling NFTs, for example, you know, once the game is launched, let's say it's great, how they'll still be making money so that they're maybe incentivized to update the game, you know, fix bugs, do some marketing. Do, I don't know if you want to share your plan, but maybe what's like a one possible way that teams in your situation will kind of guarantee they'll be funded even beyond the, um, NFT sales? Yeah, sure. That's um, a very good question, actually. Because even there, I think if you do it right, then um, you're going to win as a company. And that's by simply royalty fees. So imagine if a character on level one in World of Warcraft, let's go back to that example, a correct character on level one, let's say it costs 10 bucks. Um, that's its value. Um, but as you level it up, it might go to 50 bucks when it's on max level because there is a lot of time that has been invested into it. 
Now, if I hold 10% royalty fees on it, I will get five bucks every time that NFT changes hands. And if the game is then, if I provide new content so that players keep playing, that, that character might change its hands more often. And every single time I earn part of the um, fees, right? I earn my royalty fees. So as soon as it was traded three, four times, I have earned more than if I would have sold an additional euro that was 10 bucks. So basically, as the value increases, because the players add value to the character or to the NFTs that they sell on to make a profit on selling it, you also make a profit because the value of your royalty fees increases with it. And that's basically the idea how, as a company, I think you're also benefiting off of that system. And like, there is a lot of example how we could think about it, you know. Let's talk about, um, we have some season passes in a lot of games, like Fortnite is, was the one that came up with it. And a season pass is basically that um, during a game that's a certain period of time, you level up in that season pass and on every level you get a reward. But you had to pay the season pass in the beginning, so you had to buy it. And as soon as the season ends, a new season pass comes out with new rewards, and the old one is basically worthless. Now, if I have the season passes as NFTs, yeah, they might not get, re get, get rewards anymore in the future. But what they will do is um, I could make tournaments where you need an old season pass to enter or where you need a set. Is a, a specific set of season passes to enter. And doing that will then create demand for those old season passes so they get traded again. And the royalty fees are still on there. So again, the company can earn multiple times on that season pass. So if you create those values around NFTs and make sure they keep value and they keep being traded, you can actually increase the revenue on each on each item that you sold. So overall, you need to sell less items and then it doesn't matter that the players trade the items between each other instead of buying all of them directly from you. Well, I think now Joe lost the connection. Too bad. <laughs> I answered his question and he didn't hear it. Uh, I guess he had to jet for work. <laughs> yeah, he did. But at least the space is recorded so you can just rewind and, and go back. Awesome, yeah. I'm just curious too, uh, the character selection, um, what's, what's kind of the process of your selection? Uh, is it only people from Cosmos teams uh, that will be playable? No, actually, that's going to be the minority. We have 32 heroes and seven will be Cosmos people. Um, it's just that we were drawing them out first um, because... They are obviously kind of nice to, to present and people can relate to them more than to our own characters. But to create a world where everyone kind of has a story and um, is, we can build this, this whole world with our own universe, we need to have characters that have their own stories as well, right? We cannot have all the cosmos people. But we thought it's like a very nice um, add-on and it's something people will hopefully enjoy doing because they can relate to those characters much more as they are people that might they may know in real life or then they might see on on youtube channels and on twitter and stuff and then hopefully they'll enjoy playing those and i mean we have some characters that i mean hopefully everyone starts to get along very well but 
I mean, we had this drama between Jacob and Ethan. So you have gonna be there are gonna be both of those guys in the game. So we can fight it out on the game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love that. That's uh, that's actually really funny. I, did you already make one of Ethan? I don't think I saw that one. No, um, we're going to announce it uh, later this week. It's already made, but the announcement is not out yet. But, so yeah, there's a little love, I guess. <laughs> so, you, so you're still working on the graphic where it's like Ethan and Jacob at each other's throats and it's like promo for <laughs> the, uh, the PvP, the first, you know, <laughs> battle royale. <laughs> <laughs> That's actually a funny, uh, funny idea. I don't know how much they would enjoy it though. So um, <laughs> maybe we don't do it, um, but it's, it's a very great idea. I think it would be super funny. Maybe they'll actually like it. We can ask them at Cosmoverse if they would be cool with it. <laughs> you, you could even have Crypto Cito in the middle as a referee and he's got his like YouTube crew in the back live stream. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, that would be amazing. Yeah, we, we have to do, we have to trade something like that, even if it's just a comic as a joke. <laughs> yeah, I think they would get a laugh out of it. Yeah, hopefully. <laughs> man, oh man. Yeah, I I can already imagine how much time goes into like creating these um, these heroes. I, they got a lot of detail, like the one with Sunny that I posted up here. <laughs> tons of, tons of detail. I love the, I love how he's carrying those little like um, uh, beakers as like little bombs or something. I don't know. Those are those are cool looking. Yeah, the artwork is awesome. It's uh, realistic. Like the faces are uh, on point. Yeah, yeah, I mean we're lucky. Our artist, she's like amazing. It's it's crazy what she's drawing. So we're super lucky to have her in the team. And um, yeah, it's gonna be a lot more awesome art coming. Um, for the hero collection as well as for our first NFT collection that we um, want to launch. So, yeah, a lot of amazing art to look forward to. I'd like to kind of transition um, to talking about your roadmap, where you are like in the roadmap, uh, just so that we can um, start wrapping up the, the chat with you because we got Empower waiting patiently to um, talk about their project next. So, and then after the roadmap, you can, you know, just give us some alpha or any you know, uh, really important things to note down? Sure, sure. So um, we are in the steps of finalizing an alpha version of the game that will be um, for internal um, use so that we can test the game and optimize it and like and decide how big the parties will be, if there is a bench and, you know, all that kind of stuff. Um, then we are looking to launch our own NFT marketplace very soon. Um, and with the NFT marketplace, we're going to launch more, um, a profile picture collection um, that will also have a use case within the game, but it's not necessarily, um, it's not going to give you an advantage within the game, but it's going to, um, it's going to be, have a use, you can show it and it's going to be the one that you're the real OG if you own one of those. Um, there's going to be some more use cases within people. It will be the only way how people can be eligible for the airdrop of the token. Um, so yeah, I think that's basically how we make this profile picture collection a little bit more special. Um, obviously, we're going to be, in terms of the style, very, very similar to, to how our heroes are. 
so um, yeah, the same style of art. Uh, that's the two things that come next. We hope uh, that's relatively soon. Um, and then from there, the next step would be a public beta, or not public, it's kind of closed beta. You need to be eligible by either becoming an OG in, like the first beta testers will be the OGs in our Discord. So join our Discord, participate in the talks. We have a um, like gamified system to earn the OG role. Um, and then we get into this private beta, then um, from there on, it would be the next step to connect the game with the blockchain and to launch the final version. Um, I kind of don't want to promise specific dates or even non-specific dates for the timeline because it's so hard to um, uh, to 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 kind of estimate how long the game development process goes. Um, I think I mean. It, a rough estimate, I hope we can have the public beta in Q1 next year. That would be kind of the goal. And then from there, it's, yeah, it's hard to guess how much it, how long it's going to take until we have then the on-chain version, the full version of the game ready. Um, but yeah, so that's basically the roadmap and it's coming up. And any, any like alpha that you want to announce just here in the space? Yeah, I think I... alpha. I think I packed the alpha into the roadmap. Like we haven't announced the profile picture collection yet. Um, we so this is the official announcement for it, I guess. Um, we just decided on it actually today that we're going to do it. And maybe the reason why, real quick, is that's well, back to the beginning why I, I said it's funny with Strange Clan. Basically, what happened to them is that speculation drove the prices of NFTs up way too much. And then it became unaccessible to gamers and unaccessible for further means. And eventually the whole token price crashed and a lot of people are very frustrated with it now. And we don't want that because we think a game needs to be accessible and cheap. So we want to avoid speculation on the characters, basically. Um, and we want to avoid that. Yeah, basically that's what, that's what happened to them, happens to us. And if we have the um, profile picture collection, that can gain in value as much as it wants to because it's just something that is outside of the actual utility of the game. It has only optical utility. So if it's super expensive, no one should be pissed because they don't have a disadvantage within the game. But for people, those are the first artworks that were available. Those are, you can show it off to your, oppo uh, to your opponent that you have one of those OG collections. If you think about like the, big game brands, something like that would have a lot of value. And it can have a lot of value without hurting the, um, the, the game itself, the value proposition for players. So that's basically the idea why we did it. And yeah, uh, the second massive alpha here is that uh, this will be the main way to get the token airdrop if you um, get the NFT and we'll take various snapshots until the token launches so that the people that actually not only mint but hold the NFT get rewarded for it. Thank you so much, Lucas, for um, taking the time to, to share your project. Um, I, one thing I can take away from this is that I, I do strongly believe that there has to be like a free-to-play you know, uh, type of game out there to get people interested first. 
and not make it super expensive to just start playing the game right away. So I think you're on the right path there. Yeah, I mean, it is going to be fully free to play. So uh, you will get um, the minimum amount of heroes to play the game for free. Um, and then uh, just if you want additional characters, then you'll have to start spending money on it. Um, but obviously the game becomes more fun if you have more variety of different characters. So that's the idea. Uh, Marty, are you good to go? Yes, I am. Questions? No. I think I covered everything I wanted to ask. Awesome. All right. Well, thank you again, Lucas, and uh, we'll see you at Cosmoverse. Have a good one. You can stay up here yeah. if you want on the stage in case you want to chime in or, uh, you know, ask some questions to the next project that we got. So feel free to stay yeah, up sure. here. Yeah, sure. Would love to. I guess I stay around a little bit. And sorry to the next guest that this took so long. Um, I guess it was just a lot to talk about, a lot to unpack. So thank you for giving the time and the attention. And I really enjoyed this one. So thank you to the entire team for having me on. And yeah, also thanks to all the listeners that stayed around and listened to it. It means a lot. So thank you so much, everyone. Cool. Yeah, we'll follow back up with you uh, as the game gets more developed. And uh, we'll host another space. And hopefully the next time we don't have te- technical difficulties like we did with this one. So, all right. Well, we got, the, um, we got um, a special guest from the Empower team joining us to present their project. So I'll give the floor to, and I'm sorry if I don't pronounce your name right. Is it Her- Herman? <laughs> yeah, almost. Um, no, it's it's Yarman. Yarman. Uh, yeah, Yarman. Yeah, Yarman. Yarman, like that. Is that is that cool? Yarman. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> nice to uh, meet you, man. <laughs> likewise, likewise. Yeah, it's uh, it's always interesting. I'm I'm always curious when when someone uh, does not know my name. Am I not listening him? Oh, Joran, there's a bug sometimes on Twitter Spaces. Uh, you might have to leave the space, close the app, and then rejoin again, and then you should be good. Oh, to go. Very good. <laughs> yeah. So no, yeah, well, I was just saying it's. I'm. I'm always curious if if uh, if people are gonna uh, attempt to to um to pronounce my name. Uh, it's uh it's it's essentially unpronounceable outside of um outside of Scandinavia. It's a Norwegian. Yeah. So um. Yeah, my, my name is Jermin. I'm the CTO and one of the co-founders uh, at Empower. Um, yeah, we, we, um, we started uh, our journey, I should say, in uh, 2018. Uh, when we, that's when we founded our company. Um, basically, with the, so the, the initial concept was, was, uh, was around incentivization of um, sort of plastic waste cleanups. That's kind of where where it started. We actually, me and and um, the CEO uh, Wilhelm, um, we were doing a a, a startup in 2017 for uh, where we were making this mobile SDK for blockchain wallets. So it's like a drop in SDK that you could put into your app, and you would get like a like a wallet. Um, in your app, that was sort of the the idea, but it was uh, it was a little early. It was a little difficult to get people to understand sort of the value of that. So we were we were looking for use cases um, to sort of showcase to people that it was more than Bitcoin and Ethereum, uh, which was kind of the um, the the all the rage 
back then. And yeah, we met this uh, one of our uh, other co-founders, this guy named Simon Knutsen, who's um, is a Norwegian surfer, and uh, he has a, an NGO where he does where they do ocean uh, ambassadorships and ocean, uh, beach cleanups and all that kind of stuff. And he he kind of he challenged us on how can we use this technology for for um, yeah to, to do something about the the plastic waste problem and and yeah we we have the um, you know we have this this bottle deposit system um, um, that's that's really effective it's basically you get a small in, uh, reward back when you deliver um, your bottle back to the store and you get uh, well basically you pay that fee when you buy the bottle but in any case, the, um, the result is that 97% of all the plastic bottles um, are recycled in Norway. So it's it's a system that that's, that can really work, um, and it's yeah it does something with how you view plastics and these materials. So in Norway, we we we're sort of grow we grow up with this, and we 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 look at those bottles not as trash but as it's it's like a coin almost. It's a it's money. As kids, we would collect bottles and we would use that to to buy candy. Uh, as adults, we we just kept doing it because it's you know you don't throw money away. That's just that's just not good. So it's yeah, it's a very effective system. And what we wanted to do was to take that and and sort of translate that into any kind of plastic anywhere in the world. So that's what we started with in 2018. Um, and, uh, yeah, up until now we've, we pivoted a bit. We've been working on a tracking platform, uh, for basically to figure out where, um, yeah, where plastic waste ends up, because that was one of the things we, we learned when we did, uh, the first year when we did like pilots in 15 different countries, one of the things we noticed was that it's kind of hard for us to to really understand what happens with the plastic after it gets cleaned up. So it's, there's a, there's a huge, uh, there was a huge problem or potential problem rather, uh, with, um, with potentially is fraud and stuff like that. So we, we had to take a step back, take a more holistic view to it. And that's kind of where we're, we're sort of circling back to that, that point now that we, we can, we have this SaaS platform, uh, this product that we've, been working on for a long time and now we're now the the blockchain technology is, is maturing it's 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 getting ready for us to come back to this this whole incentivization part and that's that's um yeah that's why we're we're launching our our chain uh called empower chain cosmos sdk layer one chain um yeah early next year and and also of course the since we're here it's it's also we also have an nft uh, collection that we're launching now, which will be part of that. So I guess we'll we can dive into that one uh, as well. Yeah, and yeah. before we, if you don't mind, Marty, before we dive into the um, NFT side of your project, how does it really work when um, uh, somebody comes and recycles, you know, their their stuff to one of these test pilots that you had set up? Uh, is it weighted? And like, does it matter what kind of plastics? Is it you take all plastics? Yeah, so the it depends a little bit on the um, on the setup. So in some cases, it was was more like a general cleanup thing, and then it was um, 
then it's typically sponsored that's um that incentive so then it's typically just weight um weight uh and it's it doesn't matter what kind of plastic it is um in a lot of the um, the projects and and things we've done in the later uh, later years it's been it's been more focused on on specific types of plastic and specific types of products um and or or that they have different value and and so you get paid differently it depends very much on 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 the local conditions that that's that's one of the reasons we went so wide uh, as well and and tested it in so many countries is that it, it it's it's really really different depending on if you're uh if you're in Norway or if you're on in the jungle in in Laos or if you're um yeah it's it's a it's a it's a it's a, it's a very varied um how how the well the how the physical infrastructure that's actually available is but also sort of what's what has been done there up until then and yeah it's it's a it's it's a inter- interesting but kind of tricky problem to navigate sometimes interesting and would you guys also be looking into other other uh, recyclables not just plastics but you know uh, glass and aluminum cans and so on or right now it's a focus plastics well so we we've we're focusing on plastic but there is no reason why it has to be that uh, and we have actually done pilots with other other types of materials as well we've done uh, traceability on on um on aluminum and um steel as well actually uh, which was not for recycling but uh, as part of um like one of the things you can do with this this platform this traceability platform is that you can you can trace all the materials into a product so we have like this there's a company a furniture company in Norway that makes these um these coast benches um and they're made out of uh, well steel partially but the the rest is made out of recycled plastics that's been cleaned up from the coast of Norway so it's like uh, they do the cleanups um and then it, then we trace that material back to recycling and all the way to production and back to um to benches uh and the steel sort of comes into that as well but it's not recycled as such nice this is a super interesting project i uh love how it makes a real world impact and uh it reminds me of a similar project uh by a a lady called Ms. Snaps. She was uh, making NFTs, and each NFT that was minted uh, contributed to cleaning the beaches and oceans in Australia. So it's nice to see other initiatives that uh, impact communities around the world, and uh, it's more than just art and money. I yeah. love to see that. What? Uh, how did you end up in the NFT world when you uh, first started out with? trying to create your own well so one, one thing is that i'm i'm a person i'm, I'm really really um inter- interested in nfts as more than just um what it's been used for mostly up until now um so like being able to do like you said do do different things like 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 have positive impact when you mint or when you do something with it or connect it uh, in different ways like these games as well i also find extremely interesting and it's it's uh it's it's been very it's been very cool to sort of follow the the um, the projection of of all these projects of at the beginning it was all 
all these it was it was all about just the art and you had what these rocks or whatever and like people just aping in for for no reason but and then now we're sort of trying to get how can we find utility that people will actually be excited about and like this all this experimentation and trying to figure out what nfts can actually be used for is uh, extremely interesting to be part of and that's that's part of what we're trying to do as well is is, is experimentalness trying to figure out what can we do with this which is why we have we have a bunch of different things that we um, want to do with ours uh, and and more that we we haven't talked about at all but but um but uh, yeah it's it's uh, I, I find nfts extremely fascinating and and potentially much much bigger than we than we see the mass right now i'm sorry he got a he got rugged from the space <laughs> he'll, he'll come back though it happens. Oh. it's been happening lately damn but um yeah i guess uh, right now would be a good time to talk about the uh nft side of empower chain yeah yeah so we're we're um we're actually gearing up for um for launching a, a small a uh, fairly limited collection on uh, Stargaze um, on the 30th of September. It's going to be 100 uh, pieces. Uh, and uh, the, it's called Plastic Cyber Heroes. Um, essentially, it's, it's um, sort of at the, the backstory uh, that we're sort of making for this is, is kind of that it's in the future. Um, we have not as a as collective humanity we have not solved the plastic problem and well it's the future so we have all these different mutations we have different um technologies and and f fun things that people have done to themselves but but also it's uh we have come to the point where we have realized that we actually need to do something about the plastic problem and so all these different people uh, from different backgrounds are coming together these heroes, as if you will, are coming together. Um, if they're heroes or villains, they're coming together to 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 solve the plastic problem because we, as a as a species, has decided that we actually need to to incentivize and and reward um, that behavior. So that's kind of the the, the background and and uh, the way they're gonna work is that um, every every um every one of uh, these nfts uh, when minted is gonna sponsor 50 kilograms of plastic waste uh cleanup so that's that's something that we we already do uh through different uh mechanisms today we have uh we have this this plastic credits that we've been doing since um yeah many years now but they're 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 off chain up until now and it's that's part of what we're gonna do uh, for the main and main net launch of Empower Chain is uh, we're bringing those plastic credits um, on chain. It's like carbon credits, but for plastic. So it's like a, it's a, and it's it's an NFT essentially with data uh, connected to to the impact that was done. So it's a, it's like an incentive uh, mechanism as well. So the yeah, so every every hero will um, will also be um, getting an um, one of those plastic credits. Um, and then we're sort of sweeping the deal with with a, an airdrop. Like if you hold a, the heroes, you get a airdrop from the a genesis of the empower chain. 
And then we have some some other things that we uh, want to test out. So, like I'm sure you've um, we've seen already some iterations of like DAOs that are controlled by NFT holders. Uh, so we're going to do that as well. But we also at Genesis we're going to stake uh, ten thousand of our Empower tokens, um, and there the rewards for that is going to be con- continuously distributed to that DAO. And that DAO is going to then be able to, um, yeah, to do whatever they want with that, with those rewards. And I'm I'm curious to see how how that's going to work out. If it's going to be used for buying more plastic credits to clean up more more waste, it can be used to um, to just distribute to all the holders to to increase the value of the NFTs if that's what people uh, want. Because you know the even if even if that's all they do, it will then then uh, the trading of those NFTs will, will likely increase, and um, yeah, the um, and the what's it called the the, the share that goes uh, to the to the creator. I don't remember what it's called. Mm-hmm. There's a small share that royalty. Are you talking about royalties? Yeah, yeah, royalty, and that that royalty will be will be used for for cleanups as well. So there's there's like a win win situation here anyway yeah but it's it's um yeah so that that's something we're gonna want to uh, experiment with and um yeah there's gonna be different things but you, you can also see it on our website it's we we're trying to gonna try to experiment with with different um different yeah cool things that for for the people who are who are in that community and and interested in um in what we do um my question as someone that's looking at this collection, right? And um, I, I'm just wondering how can the holder actually track, you know, exactly how much waste has been cleaned up? Like, where are we going to be able to see all these analytics? Like, after you're done minting out, um, I'm sure a lot of holders are going to have those kind of questions, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's, uh, yeah, we're, we're actually working on a, on a FAQ section for, for that. <laughs> Um, so that's um, so the the traceability of that is gonna come um, when we launch uh, the chain because that's gonna be connected directly to those plastic uh, credits. Uh, we're we're gonna be able to to make the plastic credits um, beforehand and share the data for that, but it's not gonna be on chain um, before we launch, obviously. But yeah, so it's it's gonna be like I said, we we have the um, we have those credits already. Uh, and it's basically you you have um, traceability around when it was done, where it was done, the organization that cleaned it up, the um, uh, yeah uh, pictures and things like that are are typically connected to those to those credits. So that's that's going to be available um, to those who who mint. Is it only going to be available to those who mint, or is it going to be um, like a public? a public database where people can, can view all this information. I, I know you're using your chain, but let's just say I'm uh, someone who um, is interested in, in, in like buying one of these NFTs, but I want to see, you know, that, that things have actually have been done already. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, exactly. No, no, it, it will, it will yeah. be, uh, that will be uh, available for sure. Oh, gotcha. And you're launching a hundred of these uh, NFTs, correct? That's correct. Okay. Yeah, that's that's typically uh, not not that normal because um, normally we see um, pretty pretty large collections that uh, release. 
So having a hundred is more or so like a, a test phase, right? To see how well it works. And then after that, you, are you thinking about doing a bigger collection? Yeah. So that's, that's, um, so yeah, it, it's, it's two, twofold, uh, the reasons for that. So one is, it's like you said, it's, it's to, to, um, well, it's to test, test it a bit, but also to, um, to sort of build that community, um, which, which does take some time. So like getting a community in there, um, I think it's going to be easier if we start, start like this. And the other reason is, is, um, uh, is also that we, we want the second collection to, uh, that, that we are indeed planning to be a bit more, um, a bit easier to get into than this one. So it's, this one is going to be a little, uh, a little higher priced, um, but also have quite a lot more um, re- rewards to it. Uh, the other one is going to, um, it's going to come a bit later and be, be more, um, yeah, a bit smaller. But again, of course, it's, uh, that's also one of the things you get with this collection to get a whitelist for, for, the, for the next one. But that one will also, of course, have, have like a, an impact uh, story around it and, and clean up uh, plastic waste and so on. Where can we find already, um, where can we find already most of that information of how many waste has been uh, recycled? and um incentivized by empower um good question i guess it's not hello Hello. hopefully he didn't get rugged man twitter's (laughs) buggy tonight god damn can you repeat the question i think i think he got rugged i think he got rugged so we'll we'll wait for him to come back okay but yeah jordan maybe you can answer this um uh, he was talking about that they had some test pilot, um, you know, facilities where they were actually uh, giving people credits for recycling plastics. Where where could we see that information to see how many credits have been awarded and stuff like that? Well, in the current project that they hold, um, Empower itself has been developing these for four years. And there is a whole infrastructure already working on this that you can check all the plastic that has been collected, which is the process. And you can check everything in in the database that there that it already exists. But in the case of the on the blockchain of Empower Chain, um, basically will be the same infrastructure, I guess, but in a different way to check it, no? But I am not sure if German has come back. If he wants to get more in depth, because <laughs> he knows more yeah. about the future. Twitter did indeed rug me. Uh, suddenly, I was looking at my my apps instead of Twitter Space. Um, yeah, welcome no, so to it's... the club. <laughs> Thank you, to the club, dude. Thank you. It's fun. Um, yeah, no. So the currently the that information is is not quite as open as we want it to be, which is part of why we're also decentralizing this and putting it on chain. Um, so that's that's part of what we're working on is like just making that fully open. Um, I can we we can always share sort of like the the numbers and all of these things. It's we've we've done traceability of like two hundred million kilograms uh, since we started, and we we need. But but basically, where where we're at right now is that we're decentralizing the um, the pieces that we have built over the last few years, and the, like the plastic credit is going to be a, a huge part of that and then it's going to be 
very easy to see exactly uh yeah the 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 cleanup impact something different that i don't know if people are aware is and, and the way i'm i'm kind of like you know processing all this information is you guys already had you you guys already have a company that's not blockchain related that's been around for over 4 years correct and now you're trying to transition that to a more like um public uh public chain that people can view all this information so you guys definitely have the experience and background on how to do this but now you're just moving on to doing it on the blockchain that is correct yeah i mean we like i said we we sort of we we started as a blockchain concept and we have used blockchain to some extent through 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 all of this we have uh we have like a proof of existence that we've been using for like the traceability part so that you can it's basically a, like a immutability proof for uh for the tracking data um just a hash that's been been put on we put it on stellar blockchain actually but anyway the but you're right so we we have we have uh we have been working on this since uh, for for more than four years now and like we have i need to look up exact numbers yeah so we have we have been we have done um operations cleanups tra- tracing stuff like this in more than 40 countries and i think it's around like 10,000 people or so that's been involved so far uh, from like 600 plus organizations so we we have we sort of have this this like you said we have a company that's running we have a a system that's running what we're going to do now is onboard that to to the cosmos essentially so which which is part of what actually i'm personally super excited about for being a sort of a cosmos uh fan myself is that we have all these these uh, thousands of people and our our um ambitions are are quite hairy um on what the number of people that were uh, what believe that we're gonna be able to onboard over the next couple of years um and we will onboard those to the cosmos um and part of the the whole like empower chain thesis is that uh like we're gonna just do what we're good at and then we're gonna give all these people who are um we're cleaning up who are returning all these products and getting incentivized for it we're going to give them access to to uh to uh, decentralized exchanges we're going to give them access to to different um different tools and and everything that the cosmos can can provide so i'm i'm <laughs> that's for me that's like what makes me most excited is like being able to just onboard all these people that are that are for now not part of that at all and in many many cases with the countries and the places that we work with there are people who are who are not not really part of any financial uh, systems other than like local uh, very local economies with cash and stuff um so we like we have some projects um that's basically just waiting for this to to start uh, where we're going to do things like um insurance and microloans based on uh based on this that we're going to be able to deliver directly through this um so yeah it's it's uh, there's some there's some 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 very interesting potentials for for this uh coming up i was curious um do you have a relationship currently with regen network at all or are you ever considering potential partnerships in the future with 
organizations like Refi DAO or Regen Foundation. Um, I know you're a different type of green initiative. They're more, I mean, they're diverse group, but uh, I know a lot of it has to do with uh, carbon marketplace. But I was just curious, do you guys have any plans in the future to work with any other projects? Yeah, I mean, that's uh, that's the way I, I prefer to work. So we were actually talking to to region quite a bit already, um, especially around potentially the plastic credits could be a, could be a potential fit for the eco credits stuff that they do and being able to put that on their marketplace might be interesting. Um, that's not really, um, we haven't really gotten uh, that anywhere uh, concrete yet, but it's, it's something that we're work, uh, looking into and, and we're also um, talking quite a lot with Ixo, um, who are also doing uh, different impact uh, things. And yeah, we're, we're trying to work with all these different initiatives. And it's not, not well, there's different green initiatives like that we're working with, obviously, but also the um, like different other uh, solutions that we believe are important. Um, for, so, like for instance, Stargaze, uh, as an example, is a good. A good it's a good example of a chain that I believe is going to be a lot more than what it is right now. Um, and if you, if you sort of know Shane and uh, his initial sort of where, where Stargate actually started from was like a social network concept. And he realized that it needed to be something else. His, the, I, I believe that like these kind of uh, chains are going to be, be able to provide a lot of value. And I, that's, that's why we're trying to work with as, as many of them as possible. Uh, same with Checked, uh, which is still fairly small project uh, in terms of market cap and such, but it's, it's a uh, self-sovereign identity solution, which um, we also are going to need to have a good, good um, decentralized identity solution. So, yeah, that's that's we're we're very much uh, on the <laughs> like working with other projects as much as we can. Yeah, no, that's interesting. Um, I've also seen recently uh, interest shifting towards becoming carbon neutral or carbon negative blockchains uh, or chains in general. There were a couple of proposals, one on Stargaze, one on Osmosis Zone. And uh, I was just curious, is the blockchain your team is building uh, working towards the same goal? That's uh, very, very likely. Uh, I think it's, uh, I think that's a very natural, uh, step for us as well. That's, um, and, and I, and I, I, like the, the solution with using, um, region for that is, I think it's, it's brilliant. And I think we're basically just after we launch and we get the community pool going and, and yeah, everything going there, we're just going to put up, a we're going to work with region to get a pr- proposal up, I'm sure to, to, to offsets um for for a good good amount of time hey, that's man. awesome um, sorry man, so... i had one more question if you don't mind gains go ahead bro yep we got time yeah okay awesome uh i was just curious if you guys had ever looked into refi dow hackathons previously i know there was one a couple months ago i actually um entered it myself and i just uh there were a lot of teams so if you guys entered i didn't notice but i was just curious if you guys were planning to enter future hackathons or already have and uh if anything cool came out of that uh yeah we've been part of two hackathons so far 
the first one was with the um, it's called refi dial uh i think it's called uh yeah yeah refi dial where we that's actually where we did a first um that's sort of where the 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 plastic hero thing sort of came from initially uh, and where we tested it out um some of that and also what where what i use as a good opportunity to 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 learn rust and cosmosm um yeah so that's that's um we got yeah we won in in uh i don't remember exactly the category but we won one uh, something there and we were also part of um uh, of hack atom in uh, in korea so me and uh, jorian were there and we built this um uh, maybe you can uh, explain it jorian you're uh, you're the one who uh, did the front end part of it after all <laughs> okay well um the part that we made in the in the hackathon was an interchain uh, smart contract that basically what you make is the typical lending that you that you would like to make on a person that you trust no like for example i say german's project is going to become a uh, big okay but he doesn't have the funds right now i'm going to sponsor him so i'm going to lock my assets Mm -hmm. but I am not going to fund him because I maybe need money. Mm -hmm. But uh, I tell a company, hey, invest in him. If this person is good enough, you will pay him with your money. But if this person disappoints you and doesn't do what he should do, well, I'm going to pay you. Mm -hmm. Basically, it's um, you are investing in this person but without risking your money other person is risking its money for that person no the good thing is that here in the smart contract that we made was that you can control your assets in other chains mm -hmm. so we won the third prize in the interoperability model um in the hackathon so so yes i don't know if it's brief enough and clear <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's uh, just to sort of expand on that. It's and sort of where it came from as well is this. So, like this plastic credits that I mentioned, it's it's like carbon credits, in that it's um, it's um, incentives for after the fact uh, activities. So it's like you you clean up and then you get a a credit. For many cleanup organizations, that's not really an option um, because they need funding upfront. So this was the goal of this was to sort of have like a a mechanism a cross-chain mechanism to fund projects um on other chains and be able to when that project delivered you would um you would get um get the assets that were produced from that so it could be like a it could be a plastic credits a project that wanted to to clean up and, and produce plastic credits and you would get access to those plastic credits afterwards or it could be an NFT project where they needed funding for, for the art, for instance, and then you would get access to the NFTs after the fact. It's like a yeah, it was, and the the, the sort of the idea was uh, this is something that could be easily uh, deployed on on Juno or or something like that. And um, but with interchain accounts, you could actually own the assets um, on on a, on this on a different chain. So in our case, it would be. 
you would have um, have the um, the smart contract on Juno, and then you could uh, sponsor um, a cleanup organization on a power chain. And when they deliver the plastic credits, they would be owned by the the smart contracts that could then distribute it to the to the sponsors. That was sort of the idea. If that makes sense. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. Um, let me uh, give the mic to Kelepar. I know he has his hand up. Yeah, it's kind of um, gone my question now. Um, <laughs> I was just wondering when you talked about the blockchain, if you have been considering um, using interchain security. Um, so getting the chain secured by the Cosmos Hub and why or why not? Oh, that's a, that's, a, that's a better question than you think, actually. But it's, uh, yeah, we, we have considered it and we weren't fully done considering it either, I think. But there's a couple of, um, there's a couple of things that's sort of pointing us not in that direction right now. And uh, essentially, it's for, from a business point of view, um, it's a little risky right now it's there's no guarantee that it will actually launch on the um on the timeline right it's there's still there's still a, a an incentivized test net to to go before we even get close to this so it's it's a lot can happen so we don't we definitely do not want to be fully um sort of under under that control which might let's say that interchain security gets uh, pushed to to Q3 or something. That means we would be pushed to Q3, which is not an option for us. It's just that's not that's not part of our plan. So we need to we need to to um, to to be able to to launch on our own um, as well. So we'll see. Right now, we're uh, we're uh, spinning up the first testnet now, which is just a regular regular old uh, validator uh, set testnet. Um, but I mean, I'm personally, I think interchain security is, makes perfect sense and it should be, um, should be the, the default option for most, uh, most projects, uh, in the future, especially when it gets more flexible and more, more options, uh, on how you do it. Um, yeah, that's, that's pretty much it. Marty, you got any questions? Cool. Thank you. If not, I'll, I'll, I'll go. I've been waiting patiently. For yeah. No, no, I was going to let you go next, brother. <laughs> I'm super curious, uh, Irman, because you have like a background in AI and virtual reality. So you kind of want to talk about that because uh, I see that the, that the NFTs that are launching uh, for your project, they have like a, you know, an AI feel to them. You are not wrong about that. Um, yeah, no, I, I uh, my, um, my background is from running this this innovation lab um and part of that's actually how it sort of partially how i got into blockchain as well was um like we were working on all kinds of different technologies but yeah so the um, the the the, um, the collection is made partially with um with ai um but it's it's also an artist that is working using ai as the the basis and then um um adjusting and and working on it uh without with after uh, after effects um yeah to to control the output i, I suppose but yeah so that's uh, i mean it's it's ai is it's like a especially when when like things like this come up this uh, all these um these ai art 
um, solutions that are suddenly popping up everywhere, you, st you start to realize there's just a matter of time before it disrupts something else. Like this, this is going to be disruptive. It's just, just no question about it. Already now with this quite and very, very fresh technology, I can make illustrations on my own without, without, uh, uh, with, without having to pay someone. And I, I see others are doing, are doing that a lot already. Like I see, I see, uh, projects that are like pushing out, uh, uh, their illustrations that they use on Twitter and in blog posts and all sorts of stuff. And it's, you can, you can, you can tell, of course, that it's, there's some, some AI <laughs> in there. I mean, it's, so it's clear that it's, this, this is going to change stuff. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. That's, that's pretty much all I have to say about it, but. Yeah, they, they look they look really nice. Uh, so props to you guys for taking the time and uh, making them look really clean and artistic. Uh, they they're they're all different, you know. Yeah, they all yeah. got their own little traits to them. So beautiful, exactly. beautiful images, NFTs. Yeah, the faces look so realistic. It's it's really beautiful art. Yeah. Thank you. So just to um, we're we're getting close here to wrapping up the space. Um, just to kind of like uh, give you the floor here. Uh, any alpha out there that we should know about and also uh, when are you guys uh, launching on is it stargaze i believe it's stargaze correct yeah yeah um yeah i think the um, the main alpha i guess is the is the what's what's going to happen with empower chain over the next few months in terms of uh airdrops and um there's yeah you should definitely pay attention to uh, to our Twitter and get on Discord as well because there's going to be some some uh, information coming up on airdrops to different uh, different chains. We've already mentioned uh, Adam um, and I think there was one more Osmosis, I think, uh, that we already uh, talked about and there's going to be more as well. Um, yeah, because we're, we're, yeah, we're trying to um, uh, to decentralize this obviously it's going to be like a public goods uh chain and um yeah we need to get it decentralized for that um but yeah the the go to empowerchain.io empowerchain.io um jorian just messaged me as well and told me he had put the links somewhere in the chat he says it, it's up here it's it's up here it's up it's up in tweets you can check oh, yeah. all the links from empower our website the twitter the discord the telegram and obviously the link to the nft project if you want to check it also well <laughs> i don't know if it's um possible to mention but they are also running a validator for the chains that are involved with the project okay but what do you know it was possible to mention it yeah i mean not not for for us but before <laughs> because cosmos spaces also have a validator so i don't know if it's, it's ah i that sense. okay oh no no you guys are totally fine with with sharing information like that we like this entire space that's almost two hours long we we didn't even talk about our validators um but you know if you guys ever need to talk about that stuff hey please please do so please do so and also one thing, um, one thing I did pin a, a tweet up here to the top so people can check out the, uh, the actual company, um, empower and it's, uh, it's a web, it's a website link. So you guys should definitely check out that website, um, just to poke around and see who's part of the, the team and everything. 
that's how I learned a little bit about you, uh, Yerman. I was like, wow, the, you know, you have a you have a nice little background in AI and virtual reality, so we should definitely you know talk about that. But yeah, definitely, and uh, yeah, we should uh, we should meet up in uh, in Colombia in Medellin. I'm uh, I'm already here, so. Oh man, you're already there. Yeah, right. I came, came came in on Sunday, and I uh, I have this uh, rented an Airbnb up in the bit up in the hills uh, outside of Medellin, just okay. sitting here and working and chilling. Take some pictures for us, dude, and share them on Twitter. Um, I will. I, I follow you, so I'll I'll see those pictures if you uh, get time to upload them. But how? Have, yeah, what's yeah. the weather there like right now? Yeah, it's a, it's a, well up here. It's a little cold. Um, I think it's I'm 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 wearing uh wearing uh wearing thick socks but uh i was i i went into medellin uh yesterday and it was noticeably warmer so it was comfortable comfortable in a t-shirt there that is that your first time here man uh in medellin it's my first time in uh, south america actually so yeah how, how was a how was a language uh, uh barrier help i mean go on for the um, language it's 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 difficult <laughs> <laughs> It's very difficult, but, it, like but it's easier than in in Korea. Don't worry, then I help you <laughs> later yeah. when I arrive. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, yeah, you you'll help me when you get here. But <laughs> man, hey Delray, what's up, dude? What's up? <laughs> Hello, guys. Hi, Gaines. Hi, Martin. Hi, Jorin. Terra Spaces. Tank. How you guys doing? uh i'm just making my dinner now after a long working day and you know was just looking for a space to chill out and talk with friends and it i believe i found a place uh very excited about colombia i i can't believe it it's that that on saturday i'll be there so so yeah uh, looking forward to meeting you there guys my gosh bro I'm so nervous, man. I'm so nervous. I'm so excited. I got so many emotions about Cosmoverse. You know, right? <laughs> wow. 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 Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's just super nerve wracking, man, because you're going to meet so many people. And I don't even know what you, um, no, I do know what you look like. Yeah. I've seen your, I've seen you on YouTube and Instagram. So, but a yeah. lot of the people that we hang out with on Twitter, they're not docs yet. So that's going to be the first time. You know, the first time is always weird. It is. It is. <laughs> it is because you're like, what? You don't. Yeah, you don't look like that with the voice that you got. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, it is a little bit weird, but I swear that always happens. Wait, you're not a raccoon? So it's, it's like that was about to say <laughs> the same thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. My, I might have to change my PFP like right before I head out there, so people will be like, oh yeah, yeah, that's that game. It doesn't look like a raccoon. <laughs> that's a great idea. Or I could dress up like a raccoon. I was going to say. <laughs> that could be good, yeah. Oh, my goodness. So, Yerman, anything else you'd like to share before we wrap the space? And sorry, Delray, you, you got in here kind of late. We've been going on for almost two hours. Yeah, I know, I know. And I joined earlier, but I had a call uh, from, from a friend. He's, he's actually borrowing me uh, his, the baggage for, for the trip. So I had to leave and, and meet him. And, and well, uh, I just got back home and, and well, it's all right, bro, buddy. There will be more spaces. That's for sure. Nice. Yeah. I, I only have, uh, two things, um, that I want to say. One is if you have, if you want to go to Cosmoverse and you are lacking a ticket, I have one available 
an extra one. I'm not selling it. I'm giving it away. So if you're uh, super keen on going but don't have a ticket, uh, hit me up. The other thing is I just spun up the, um, our validator on Stargaze. So please do um, uh, delegate. We're in the active set. So Oh, wow. Already on the active set? Wow. Yeah, I mean, they, we, they just uh, expanded to uh, 130. So I, I took, the, took the opportunity to, to sneak in there. Cool, cool. That's awesome. Um, just really quick. Uh, man, I have so many questions. This has been a great space. Uh, your commission rewards, um, uh, how are you guys handling that? Is that going to be you know, put back to like uh, cleaning up different areas? Or what, what, what's going on with that? Yeah, so it's going to be 20% of the revenue is going to go directly to buying those plastic credits and so directly to cleaning up. And uh, yeah, probably the rest we're just going to restake and for more more impact. Cool, cool, cool. Yeah, hopefully we can see like a nice little public announcement of that so people can um, start delegating to you guys. Yeah, just I'm set, setting up restake right now. So that's, uh, that's why I haven't. I just want to get everything done and then I'm going to announce it. Cool. Marty? Floor's yours. Hey, I mean, uh, I'm just excited to meet everyone at Cosmoverse and uh, get to know more about all this stuff in person too, you know? I feel like there's not even going to be enough time to go around and meet everyone and talk to everybody that you want to, you know? And uh, I'm nervous about the fun activities in the evening when uh, I want to get up early the next morning, you know? I don't have much experience traveling, so I'm going to take it easy, you know? Be safe, not drink too much, and uh, make sure I make the most out of it because I don't want to be sleeping through no uh, speakers the next morning, you know? <laughs> oh, gosh. Lucky for you, dude. I'll, I'll be the, the one that's announcing the speakers. So I'm going to have to be on my A game and not, you know, go overboard with the, the drinky drinky. Yeah, no, uh, I've done that before at a conference a couple years ago, and it's... Uh, it's nerve wracking for sure. Cause you have to be uh, aware of like everything going on down to the minute, be on top of everything. So yeah, no, uh, whatever help you need, man, I'll get your coffees, you know? Well, you have to, you're the intern for college. Get, spaces, get your so. food. <laughs> <laughs> and you too, Jordan. Don't, don't be all the word. down there. You're going to have to help me out down there, dude. But you speak Spanish. <laughs> All right, everybody. Thank you so much for joining the space. Sorry again for those uh, technical difficulties we had in the beginning, but uh, you know we had enough people join in and listening. So thanks, uh, Kalapar, uh, Lucas, and thanks, Yerman, uh, for for stopping by. Appreciate you guys a ton. Yeah, thank you so much again, Dave. Thank you so much for for having us. It was a real treat. Yeah, it was a pleasure. Yeah, thanks again for your time. I hope everyone has having a good night. And uh, take care. Talk soon. And yeah, I hope everyone's ready for Cosmoverse. It'll be the time uh, of your life and lots of memories to be made. So can't wait to meet all of you in person. No, we might. Oh, yeah, we'll there. <laughs> yeah, it'll be fun. Very tough week. Whoever <laughs> yeah. help with the language there, if you find me, you can ask me for help. I will have a shirt that says Cosmo Jorin in the in the event, just in case. <laughs> yep. Oh, that's one more thing we should remind people. Uh, if you are going to go um, and you're having issues with, you know, translating, or if you want to meet somebody that you want us to introduce you to, 
we'll be wearing the Cosmo um, Spaces t-shirts. They have like a big uh, Cosmoverse sign on them. They have our names on the front with the Cosmo Spaces logos. Um, so yes, please, please let us know if you need any help down there. Basically, are this, we are the non-official staff. <laughs> basically, basically, right? Yes, yes. So yes, just in case you know it will. If you don't know Spanish and you need help with something, don't don't doubt asking, please. Thank you, Joran. Have a good night, everybody, or good morning, wherever you are. Uh, Del Rey, thanks again for, for just stopping by for a little bit. Mm, thank you, buddy. Have a good night. Peace. Good night, good night. Take care, everyone. Thanks for checking out another episode of The Ether. That was Cosmos Spaces, NFT Share and Chill, hosted by Lil Gaines. Recorded on Tuesday, September 20th, 2022. For TerraSpaces.org, I'm Finn. Thanks for listening. When we blow through the dust, volcanoes erupt. No one ever guessed that the game would be tough. Keep it hands off when the play is a bust. Plain old and just, so we keep it on the one. Blast off on the two. Help me see the three. Third eye open wide, checking out the scene. Razor beam focused, starscream jokers. Living off the fat of the people they approach. Tell me what happens when the land fights back. With the cliffs at our backs, make the last stand matter. No one ever planned for the famine on deck. We was walking all erect with the dead man swagger. Sitting in a little den, vision in the middle men. Listen to the fiddle man play a little ditty then. Talk about how all the leaders seem reptilian. Lost in the maze, trying to make the next bubble billion. Talk about how all the leaders seem reptilian. Lost in the maze, trying to make the next bubble billion. Little Danny vision in the middle men Listen to the fiddle man play a little ditty then Talk about how all the leaders seem reptilian Lost in the maze trying to make the next No one gave a shit till the drugs all dried up Everybody died from a bad batch of Lysol But it didn't matter we was all hyped up When the pedal hit the metal he just didn't have the right skill Watched in the daytime till the night curfew Rats in a cage till they make time to murk you Got a little job that falls under my purview We gotta get this mob away from the birds do. Gotta find cover, wipe off the bird poop, ride off the work while you try on the worst juice. Blinded by perps who try to reverse truth, slide like Fox News just trying to lie to you. Eating up the slop like a bunch of hungry vagrants. I can't wait for the day they lock us up in stasis. Mock up a basement, could call me resilient. Waiting for the internet to make me a billion. Vision in the middle men Listen to the fiddle man Play a little ditty then Talk about how All the leaders seem reptilian Lost in the maze Trying to make the next B-b-b-billion Talk about how All the leaders seem reptilian Lost in the maze Trying to make the next B-b-b-billion Terror spaces